Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, that's not his name now, okay? Stop calling him that. Wait, what? Yeah, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott, who just had a baby boy uh, earlier in uh, February, uh, said that they named the kid Wolf. Wolf Jacques. And uh, now, according to an Instagram post, uh, FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. Just wanted to share because I keep seeing Wolf everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's your kid. You can name him whatever the heck you want. That's fine. I get it. I understand, you know, you name your kid something and you think, hey, you know what, that's not really him. Oh, okay. Now, their first child was the daughter, Stormy, uh, I guess, born in 2018 and still has the name Stormy with an I. But uh, now the son, 8 pounds and 13 ounces, born on February 2nd of 2022, named Wolf Jacques is no longer Wolf Jacques. Now, Jacques still may be the middle name. We don't know that. We just know, stop calling him Wolf, okay? I kind of like the name Wolf, too, but apparently it just wasn't him. All right, no problem. Let us know when you figure out a name for Wolf or the baby that was previously named Wolf. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. If the last two years have taught us anything at all, it's that you must take control of your own health. It's clear that you can't simply rely on the government or Big Pharma to protect you or your family. That's where Z-Stack comes in. Z-Stack is a specially formulated immune-boosting supplement that includes zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. It's formulated by Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, the world-renowned doctor. You remember him? That's the one that President Trump credited with his successful early treatment protocol and his decision to take hydroxychloroquine. Z-Stack has been scientifically formulated. It's kosher and GMP certified and is produced right here in the USA. Zinc. Quercetin. Vitamin C and vitamin D. It's a specially formulated immune-boosting supplement. I've been taking it now for a little over a month, and I can tell you that I feel boosted. I feel that my immune system is boosted. And I know that mask mandates are being lifted, and vaccine mandates are no longer enforced in several states. Viruses are still out there. So by taking Z-Stack daily, you are supercharging your immune system, which is why I'm taking Z-Stack. It's formulated to help combat any and all variants, as well as the common cold and flu. So I encourage you to start taking it right now to stay ahead of any potential future variants by preparing your immune system and go about living your life. Go to zstacklife.com slash Jeffy. Go there today, enter the promo code Jeffy, get the discount. That's zstacklife.com slash Jeffy, promo code Jeffy. Okay, under the heading of Florida, what is going on? 
So we have all kinds of Florida news. We have the bridge tender being arrested. Remember we talked about the drawbridge that went up and the 79-year-old lady that fell from the drawbridge. And it was a big... It was a big bridge at the time when it first happened. I didn't really understand how big the drawbridge was. Uh, I've seen a a thousand drawbridges and you just don't think about them being as big as they are. And the 79 year old grandmother, Carol Wright was walking on the Royal park bridge when the bridge tender decided to let's open this bad boy up. And, uh, that should not have happened. And uh, obviously the bridge tender felt terrible. Uh, 43 year old Artisu Lafay Polk was arrested at her home with the assistance of us marshals after they arrest, they obtained an arrest warrant a couple days earlier. I'm not sure why it took so long to find the bridge tender at her house. But uh, apparently, she had there were some deleted text messages between her and her supervisor, which showed she lied in her statement to the police. So we'll see. She's under arrest and uh, you know charged with manslaughter in the death of the 79 year old grandmother. I know that we know her name Carol right now, but she wasn't identified. Uh, early on because of this Marcy's law that I feel like we talked about Marcy's law at one point, um, you know, because it was, uh, it is the law that allows for someone who has been victimized beginning at the time of his or her victimization to prevent the disclosure of information that could lead to their identity being revealed or their being subject to other forms of harassment. Oh. Okay, well, boy, that fits right into some elderly woman falling off a drawbridge. Anyway, we know who she is now. And we don't know, we'll get the, we'll wait till the trial starts, if there is a trial. But uh, we, I, the woman tried to hang on, there was a bystander, tried to help her, and then she fell, like, she fell, it was like four or five stories. It was a bad amazing and then she landed uh you know on the concrete or down in the i think originally they said that she had fallen into the gears but this says into the into the concrete so either way uh that's a big fall and you're not surviving that fall yeah 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 okay so it says that uh the the firefighters beneath the bridge's surface to reach right who landed on the concrete surface where the mechanical components of the drawbridge are located so she missed the components and it was just the concrete anyway either way really terrible (laughs) really terrible so i guess the protocols weren't followed uh, between the lowering and the raising of the, the bridge. So we'll see as this uh, proceeds. But uh, the bridge tender, Artisa Polk, has been arrested and charged with manslaughter. Miami Beach is uh, all wound up because they've uh, got spring break going on. A couple people were shot this past weekend. So now they're instituting a curfew. And they don't even want the spring breakers there. They're saying, get out of here. We don't want you. We didn't ask for you. Get out of here. Am I comfortable? Florida? I mean, that's where spring breakers go. 
now they don't want them now we have we have people here that we are vacationing yeah that's what spring break is is vacationers not like that we don't want it uh, okay we're at our end point right here we're past our end point the curfew starts and we're gonna call people off that break the curfew oh uh, okay uh just a couple people got shot and uh i know a couple others were wounded but uh we're just gonna c- cancel the whole thing all right fine whatever we just simply cannot have people come to our city and have to worry about being shot agreed and that should not happen at any time any city anywhere any any place but we're just gonna say that the people can't come to our city are you a spring breaker get out we don't want to Uh, okay are you a person with money that's on vacation and able to spend some money here in miami beach you can stay oh all right well fine no problem then we have the then we have the woman in florida a latoya nicole ash 42 faces charge of uh, possession of drug paraphernalia a glass pipe was found inside of this woman and uh, she was running from deputies trying to hide from deputies uh, they apparently responded to multiple calls of a reckless driver in a circle k parking lot we can't have that we could not have that that the circle k parking lot in ocala and so they tried to stop the driver and she refused to stop and sped off down the boulevard and then later pulled into a parking lot and ran off into some woods where she was hiding and that's where they found her and when they arrested her <laughs> they searched her she had strong odor of alcoholic beverage she denied hey that wasn't me i wasn't driving that and then once they got her to jail they found a glass pipe inside of her and the pipe had traces of meth still in the pipe so she faces charges of possession of drug paraphernalia fleeing and eluding police smuggling contraband into the jail and driving with a suspended license she said it wasn't her we have video of her and maybe the maybe the meth pipe wasn't hers either she just found it when she was in the woods and she decided to stuff it inside her because that's what you do when you're hiding in the woods and you don't know what to do when you find a meth pipe you put it inside your body right no you don't do that okay and then we had a man from florida plead guilty to the illegal sale of a monkey to a celebrity client you evil human being the the central florida man known as the monkey whisperer pleaded guilty after federal officials say he illegally sold a monkey to a celebrity client in california uh PETA, has outed the celebrity as Chris Brown, entertainer Chris Brown. Oh, okay. So Jimmy Wayne Hammonds of Parrish pleaded guilty to conspiracy to violate the Lacey Act and three counts of violating the Endangered Species Act, according to records from the United States District Court Middle District of Florida, Tampa Division. The plea agreement says that Hammond breeds and sells exotic wildlife, but when he sold the monkey to an unlicensed California resident, between 2017 and 2018, this has been going on, that's when federal officials intervened. This started back in 2017. So he got $12,650 for the monkey, as well as expenses for transporting it to California. 
The transporter took the monkey to Nevada, met up with the associate of the buyer, who PETA says was was Brown. During the second week in October 2017, the monkey was delivered to its new owner, but by January, law enforcement showed up to confiscate the animal. <laughs> now, according to this, Hammonds gave them false documents related to the sale of the monkey, so he pleaded guilty to violating the Lacey Act, which says it's illegal to import, export, transport, sell, receive, acquire, or purchase any wildlife that were taken, possessed, transported, or sold in violation of any law or regulation of any state or the United States. Wow, that Lacey Act is a badass act, man. You cannot sell an animal. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, you can't even. I'm. That's you're violated, man. The Lacey Act. You're going down. <laughs> you can't import it. You can't export it. You can't take it for a ride. You can't sell it. You can't receive it. You can't acquire it. I'm supposed to just say hands off. Let it run away. I'm not taking possession. I'm not transporting it. I am. It's sold. If I sell it, I'm in violation of another law. Uh, no, thank you. You do not want to have to deal with the Lacey Act, man. When they pull that out of the back pocket. You're going to jail. So apparently furthering this guy's trouble, the monkey whisperer, he was accused and pleaded guilty to three violations of the Endangered Species Act for selling or offering to sell cotton top tamarins to people in Wisconsin, Alabama, and South Carolina. That was way back in 2016 and 2017, too. This guy is in big trouble. He's going down. And I'm sure PETA is really happy about it. They issued a statement. Oh, here we go. After the plea deal was announced, and they said now that Florida-based exotic animal dealer Jimmy Wayne Hammonds, a.k.a. the Monkey Whisperer, has pleaded guilty to federal charges related to the illegal sale and transport of primates, including his notorious sale of the capture monkey to singer Chris Brown, PETA has just sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Agriculture urging it to revoke his Federal Animal Welfare Act license. Without the license, Hammonds could no longer sell legally exotic animals for a pet trade. (laughs) So they just want to end this guy's business altogether. Shut him down. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Peter. We appreciate it. So, I mean, not only does he have the Lacey Act going against him, but now he's got PETA wanting to have the USDA take his license away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, this guy is done, man. The monkey whisperer is over. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> So I see where we're still having a big deal about William Hurt, the actor, who died today. He didn't really die today, but uh, we announced his death last week, whenever it was. But the family said it was natural causes, and we know that he had prostate cancer. I mean, he had talked about that, and he had talked about how uh, he was trying some other 
other treatments rather than chemotherapy. Um, and he talked about how he had been diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer that spread to the bone. And that was, I don't know, three or four years ago or whatever. So he was really, you know, really fighting it. And he wanted to fight it rather than with chemotherapy because he hated the idea of it and how, how bad it was. And so he had other uh, therapy that he was going through. I don't know if it lengthened his life. It's possible it did. I mean, it's just a, you know, a horrible process. But I wanted to apologize because when I first mentioned him under Who Died Today, um, you know, I, for, I didn't mention one of my favorite movies by him, Mr. Brooks with Kevin Costner, where Costner plays the serial killer and William Hurt is his voice in his head. It's really good. And I love, I mean, I'm a serial killer fan. No question about that. I mean, we could talk about what's happening in the world around crime and killers. I mean, we have the convicted killer in NYC who was found a new victim's leg in a wheelchair. They, they see this, this killer who was let free in a wheelchair and then she gets out of the wheelchair and there's another leg in her wheelchair. So she killed someone else. Uh, a construction crew in California found a mummified body at the convention center arena. Uh, we have a convicted killer in New York uh, in because they were dismembering uh, bodies in Brooklyn. We have a crew that uh, kidnapped and tortured a stranger, this New York City woman. What is happening? I mean, serial killers. I mean, I'm a fan of serial killer shows. Okay, I'm not a fan of real life serial killers, although I am a fan of the stories about them. I don't really want one to touch my life <laughs> other than stories. But then I started watching, I, get, I got hooked on Dexter. I mean, Dexter, Showtime, 2006 to 2013. And I had people tell me the whole time it was on that I needed to watch it, and I just never did so i apologize for the people that told me to watch it because i didn't but then i started watching it not long ago and it's so good i mean it's with michael c hall who plays uh, dexter and there's other characters in the show that is awesome and they've been in uh, you know a whole bunch of shows but dexter is a serial killer but he's a good serial killer he only kills people most of the time that are bad people I mean, sure, he's made a mistake every now and then and killed a, a person that shouldn't have been killed. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. He's Dexter. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, maybe we should, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Should we have all these shows about serial killers? Yes, we should, because it's entertainment. And should we have books and movies about the people who catch the serial killers? Yes, we should. But does that create more serial killers? I think not. I think not. Although that argument could definitely be made. I mean, it certainly is made with every other thing that uh, happens in the world. Oh, I can't smoke because it makes people want to smoke. You can't have personal responsibility. Oh, Okay. And I, the thing about Dexter school is that he has a trouble with emotions, right? He has to fake his emotions because he doesn't have any. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I won't talk anymore about serial killers. All right. We'll talk about good things like Disneyland, who is now closed in Shanghai. 
Right. So apparently, uh, China, Shanghai is like, yeah, we're dealing with rising COVID-19 cases. So we're going to, you're closed indefinitely. Oh, okay. Well, more good news for Disney then. I'm pretty sure they said if they had to close their parks again, that would shut them down. And I know that they're in big trouble anyway, because we talked a little bit about how their new uh, CEO or the guy that's their CEO now is, uh, you know, bent the knee to the employees. And now he's having a big town hall meeting over the don't say gay controversy. And they talked about the employees. Today's the day. If you're listening live, the 22nd of March, 2022, this is the day that's supposed to have the big walkout of employees. If I'm Disney, I fire them. You walk out, you're fired, but I'm not Disney. They also said that now they're going to oppose the Texas order criminalizing sex change surgeries on children. They haven't commented, I don't think, on the Louisiana don't say gay bill that just went into, uh, you know, that they made news about, but they're still, you know, after Florida. Because originally the guy wasn't going to do anything. He said he didn't believe that the corporate statements meant anything. Oh my gosh, that was the end of time for Disney and the CEO. And then remember we talked yesterday about... uh, uh, Chapik, the guy who's in charge now, is, doesn't like Iger because Iger said, eh, you know, I, I, you can take over, but I'll, I'll help if you need. I'm, I'm around if you need me. So he's like, he doesn't have any faith in me. He was pissed at Iger. <laughs> so good times at Disney. Good times at Disney. So I thought it was official already, but apparently it's not official until the New York Post uh, says it's official. Uh, Al Michaels is officially leaving for Amazon, and he's going to be joined by Kirk Herbstreet as they team up to call Thursday night NFL games for Amazon. Uh, We know that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to ESPN. And so where does that leave Chris Collinsworth, who was Al Michaels' partner? Uh, That leaves him with Mike Tirico uh, doing Sunday night football for their next NFL season, the 2022 season. So congratulations. Uh, Tirico, I know, left ESPN for NBC a while back, thinking he was going to take over Sunday night football. Yes, okay, he is going to take over Sunday Night Football now. So uh, Al has officially agreed to terms with Amazon, which I'm sure is going to be a pretty penny. They're all making big dollars now. Um, so good congratulations to uh, to all of them. Apparently, I guess nobody likes to work with Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> nobody went after Chris. It's really weird. I just leaving him on Sunday night. Yeah, let Tariko work with him. That's fine. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe that's not the case. It's just what it looked like to me. I see where the 60-year-old Marilyn Monroe portrait by Andy Warhol is going to be sold at Christie's this coming May. They're estimating it's going to get $200 million. <laughs> $200 million for the sage blue Maryland from 1964. Wow. Uh, that's uh, that's a pretty penny 
for that, my friends. That's a pretty penny. Andy would have liked to have had that money while he was alive. Uh, no question about it. So I guess the current Warhol record is 105.4 million with his 1963 canvas Silver Car Crash Double Disaster sold at Sotheby's in 2013. This is being sold at Christie's. It's three feet square silkscreen painting and it depicts, you've seen the, the Monroe pick from uh, you know the 1953 film Niagara. He used, uh, he used it uh, repeatedly in his work, Warhol did, until, I mean, he died in 1987. Wow. So I know he did his shot Marilyn portrait series. And so, okay, uh, you know, good. I'm glad that it gets it. And who owns it? Well, it's funny that you asked because it's from the estate of Swiss art dealers, Thomas and Doris Ammerman. Uh, the siblings who co-founded Thomas Emmerman Fine Art in 1977, a gallery known <laughs> a known for attracting high-profile collectors of modern and contemporary art. Doris ran the enterprise until her death in March of last year. Her brother died, you know, some 30 years ago. So all proceeds from the sale of the Warhol portrait will go to benefit their namesake foundation a charitable charitable entity established by the family's trustees to benefit causes related to health care and education for children around the world the foundation is set up to run for a period of only three to five years until the funds from the warhol sale are distributed in full i would like to help in that if they're looking to you know share a little bit of that 200 million uh let me know jeff fisher chewing the fat at theblaze.com is the email address let me know, uh, you know, if you, if you need a hand, you know, not quite sure you're down to the, the last 10 million and the 200 million and you, you want to help, you know, help, uh, help me, uh, educate children <laughs> about healthcare. I'm here for you. Uh, let me know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Andy definitely wishes he had that money when he was alive. There's no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of uh, people with a lot of money, uh, houses of the hoity-toity, Sylvester Stallone, I, he just sold his place to Adele, right? He sold the big place, the 65 or 70 million place to Adele. Well, now he buys another, well, this one is actually a dump, uh, $18.2 million Hidden Hills home. Uh, so I guess he, I thought he was living in Florida now, but I guess he still feels like he has to have a place in Hollywood. So, uh, all right, fine. No problem. He sold the, yeah. And he, he, he gave it to Adele for 58 million. The other place, the Beverly Park estate, but now he's spending 18.2 million. Well, this is like a trailer park that he's moving into. Sure. The Kardashians are up the road, but so what? <laughs> I mean, they're talking about this is what kind of dump it is. Okay. So it's 18.2 million. And the best thing they can say is it's got a beautiful walk in closet, enough to be a boutique with its rows of showcases for designer shoes and handbags. Oh, okay. So I, and I guess it's got a place for the horses. And that's nice. We can't live without a place for the horses. It's got a nice lush landscape and a resort like pool. All right. I guess it's got, you know, a big tub to soak in, a sitting room in the bathroom, and steamy mood lighting in the bedroom. Okay. 
<laughs> and it's got a little guest house too. So, you know, if somebody wants to show up, there's no room. I mean, the house is $18 million. There's no room for guests at $18 million. Are you kidding me? It's like a, so it's very, very, very sad when Sylvester has to go to Hollywood and live in the trailer. <laughs> that is really sad. And I see where, uh, speaking of houses of the hoity-toity, uh, this actress who is claiming to be part of Yellowstone franchise uh, just sold her house, or she has it up for sale, for $100 million. All right, her Malibu home uh, sold, uh, is up on the market for $100 million. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful house. She bought the home from supermodel Cindy Crawford uh, and for $45 million. Now she's more than doubling it at $99.5 million? Okay. I guess that makes it the sixth most expensive home currently on the market in Los Angeles County. Okay. It's all it's also the second priciest in Malibu. Oh, that is so special. So Barrett Swadick and Adam Weiss, their Malibu home stretched across three acres, centers around seven thousand four hundred and fifty square foot villa built in the nineteen forties, but updated, of course. The walls of glass allow the occupants to have the perfect view. Not only that, but the two-story floor plan rises to a terrace with an astonishing view of the ocean. But we're not stopping there. The estate includes four bedrooms, five and a half bathrooms, a media room, living room, den, dining room, gourmet kitchen, and gym with vaulted ceilings. Venture outside and you'll come across the patios and lookouts surrounding a swimming pool, spa, tennis court, meditation deck, and cabana with a fireplace. The edge of the property includes a private path that leads down to the beach. And you say, Barrett, Swadix, she's on Yellowstone? Well, not really. I mean, she appeared in a couple of episodes and the first season, okay? She was the wife of, she was in two seasons, Coming Home and The Unraveling Part 1, okay? She is uh, the wife of Dan Jenkins, Danny Houston's character, who ends up dying too. And uh, she is wealthy and bored to tears with her life that she's living and ready for any kind of excitement. That's the IMDB description of Victoria Jenkins. So she has a brush with Yellowstone, but I'm not sure, you know, her history makes her the owner of a $100 million house. That's got to be some of the hubby's money. Uh, She's done American Housewife for a few years. She's done a couple of characters, uh, Awkward, the TV series. Oh, that was five years. She was on all 26 episodes of Awkward, the TV series, to Broke Girls. So she's been in some TV shows. So she's made a little bit of cash. For a $100 million home, though? Nah, I don't think so. Plus, I love how they try to brush her in with the greatness of Yellowstone, which really isn't so. She was the wife of a guy that got killed and she was only in a couple episodes and then is she going to make a comeback? I think not because hubby is gone and no one cares about you anymore. Although if I'm her, I am uh, really sending letters to Taylor Sheridan saying, write me back into the script. Uh, Make me come back and fight for the land that uh, my husband was trying to get and was killed for, something like that. But, and I don't even know that she knows, we don't know that he was, how he was killed. He just disappeared, right? They hung him out in the woods. So maybe she comes back. I mean, if I was her and her agent, I'd be fighting for that, but I doubt it. 
proof of what I have said often. Dentists are criminals. A Wisconsin, Wisconsin dentist was found guilty of health care fraud and other charges after he intentionally damaged his patient's teeth to boost profits, raking in millions from his scheme. Yes, and he is not alone. And I hope this is just the beginning of bringing Big Dentist down. Scott Charboli, 61, convicted of five counts of healthcare fraud, two counts of making false claims about his client's treatments. With his sentencing scheduled in June, he faces up to 10 years for each healthcare fraud charge, a maximum of five years for each of the two other charges. Good! So prosecutors say that he routinely drilled or broken his his client's teeth on purpose, charging them for additional treatment services to fix the damage he had just done. As a result, his profits boomed, going from $1.4 million and installing uh, 434 crowns in 2014 for $2.5 million, and then installing over 1,000 crowns. Yeah, it started getting good to him. He started getting greedy. <laughs> he realized that people were under a little bit of gas, and he just chopped their tooth, and, uh, you know, I'll fix it. Okay, no problem. So, according to this, between 2016 and 2019, he billed more than $4.2 million for crowns, performing more crowns than 95% of the dentists in Wisconsin during that time. I'd like to see the other states, too. There's other dentists out. Dentists are criminals. Dental school creates criminals. I've said it all along. (laughs) This is just proof positive that it's true. Dentist, man, I'm telling you. And they, you know, while, as an example, I may have heard about someone who went to the dentist and was told, hey, you need, uh, you're here for a cleaning, we're going to get this work done, and then I gave you a list of stuff that we need to do on your mouth. And then you go to the counter and you take care of it, and you say, yeah, that's the list of things we're going to do to you. And then you get a bill for the work that they said they were going to do, but they claim that they did. And your only recourse is to say, no, you didn't do that work. And they say, yes, uh, we did. It says in our paperwork that we did. I don't care. It didn't happen. That wasn't the deal. Well, we're still going to charge you for it, and we're going to send it to bill collectors. So what? Uh, Send it to whoever you want. You'll never get a dime for that. I may have heard a story like that before. That's just one example of how dentists are criminals. Okay? And if you're going to be a criminal and you decide, hey, I want to charge, I want to steal, I don't know, a 70-ton crane. (laughs) You ever think about that? When you see a crane out in the woods, would you say, you know, I ought to steal that thing? Well, be careful of the record service you call. Because an Alabama man called a record service saying, hey, I've got a 7010 crane out here that I need to pull out of the woods. And so uh, can you give me a hand? I need your service. Well, apparently uh, the record service, the towing company was like, hey, um, I helped move that crane out there a couple of years ago. And that doesn't belong to that guy. So he called the guy who owns the crane and said, uh, hey, are you selling your crane and having it moved? And he was like, 
no, uh, I'm not. So they got law enforcement involved. And then uh, the man who wanted the crane moved fled before the officers arrived. And they just, uh, he just left it in a ditch. (laughs) So he got it moved somewhat. He just couldn't get it all the way out of there. (laughs) So now he is, he was arrested. 26 year old man was arrested. Uh, he was on probation already, so he's got he violated that first degree theft charges. Oh man! So the sheriff's department is like, oh, we've worked on a lot of cases. This one definitely takes the first place in the heavyweight category. Er, thank you, appreciate it. Duh, thank you, sheriff. We appreciate it. So just remember that if you're going to steal or attempt to steal a seventy ton crane. Don't call the record service that originally brought the crane out into the woods because you're going to get in trouble. And he's going to be a rat and tell the cops. I mean, that's the deal. That's the deal now. We know that uh, we had the story of the guy from New York who said he made $64,000 last year by recording videos of idling trucks and reporting them to the city. So apparently under the 2018 Citizens Air Complaint Program, New York City pays a bounty, 25% of a fine, against trucks that illegally park and idle their engines for more than three minutes. Oh, well, isn't that special? I mean, we know that uh, the U.S. is uh, rewarding rats. Five million bucks for informing on the Russian oligarch's assets. Uh, no, thank you. I mean, good luck. If you think you can, you know, snitch out the old Russian oligarchs and uh, make your five million, go ahead. Good luck. God bless. I mean, we're already freezing assets of these oligarchs. We're docking their yachts. It's just incredible, incredible that we're able to go after friends of friends and friends. And I know our president of the United States of America talked about a new world order yesterday so uh you know good that makes me happy and makes me excited about the new world order i mean we had our administration not only uh president biden but we had anna or i guess it's ann newberger the deputy national security advisor for cyber and emerging technology that's a good gig right there Ann Newberger, the Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technology. She uh, spoke and told us that we needed to uh, be concerned. Urging private sector partners to take immediate action to shore up their defenses against potential cyber attacks. Oh. We've previously warned about the potential for Russia to conduct cyber attacks against the United States including as a, as a response to the unprecedented economic costs that the U.S. and allies and partners impose in um. response to Russia's further invasion of Ukraine. Okay. Today, we are reiterating those warnings. Oh, boy. And we're doing so based on evolving threat intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options for potential cyber attacks. Okay. Well, that's great that the Russian government is preparing to get together those potential cyber attacks isn't that yes in a completely unrelated story apple music uh was down uh yesterday in fact 15 of apple services including podcast maps the app store and icloud 
briefly suffered outages yesterday due to a domain name system issue. Uh, the company said the widespread outage is rare for Apple, and sure, it only prevented some employees from working from home, and yeah, let you know workers at the stores couldn't really do their jobs. <laughs> But that's it. Don't worry about it. It was just a, it was rare. It was a rare thing. And it was, it was just a domain name system issue is all. So don't worry about that at all. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with the cyber attacks coming from Russia. Nothing to do at all with that. Okay. All right. Good. It had nothing to do with Russian court classifying uh, meta as an extremist organization. So it's now banned Facebook and Instagram from operating in Russia. We know that TikTok is banned outside of the country. I think inside uh, Russia, you can still use TikTok, but Facebook and Instagram do have a nice day. And I'm pretty sure Twitter is shut down in Russia too. So, I mean, if you want information about what's going on inside of Russia, I, I don't know how you get it. I mean, I, I'm sure we've got uh, connections inside of the country, and especially you know inside of Russia, where you know we we're, we're, we've got information, and we're, our intelligence communication has that. But uh, you know, hopefully, our intelligence communication is uh, worthy. I mean, keep your fingers crossed. And I don't know if it was a cyber attack or not, but uh, talking Walking Dead. Uh, I re- we recorded it yesterday with Jason Buttrell and my son Maximus Fisher, and I recorded it uh, here at uh, the bunker uh, over Skype like we normally do with Jason and my son, and I hit the record button and it started recording, and then we did the show, and we did another little separate bit that I was going to use on this particular show with Chewing the Fat, and then I stopped recording, and then Skype just says, now there was no video and uh, nothing happened. It shows, yeah, you were on a call, but uh, sorry, there's no video. And so whatever you recorded is long gone. So those bastards in Russia, it's Russia's fault. And I'm ticked right now at Russia for that, okay? So those of you waiting for Talking Walking Dead, Russia's fault. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.